Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. Back in here with me today, Dan Galinsky, Amadou So from King James Gospel. What's up, guys? So we're here for my podcast. Not much, too. Just ready to rock and roll. Glad to have you both here. Uh, before we get into today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about the Team Up for Change virtual summit. We're getting closer to that. It starts on October 21st. Um, got announced today that Kobe Altman, J.B. Bickerstaff, and Cavs CEO Len Komorowski are all going to be among the speakers that attendees will hear from. Uh, the, attend- the activities that will be a part of the Cleveland section of that will be a virtual conversation with Cleveland Mayor Frank Jackson and Cuyahoga County Executive Arn Budish. Uh, there's going to be a food distribution at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse with the Greater Cleveland Food Bank and a lot more. So um, if that's something that you're interested in, you're in the area, registration is open now. We're also going to get into today, we got a little bit of a story on Cleveland.com that Bickerstaff has been holding a virtual guest speaker series for the Cavs since late April to keep the team's young players engaged. It's not as much about basketball, but about growth and maturation and life and that kind of stuff. Um, Guests so far have included Chauncey Billups, Jason Terry, Richard Jefferson, Michael Strahan, even Kid Cudi and Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. Steve Harvey is lined up for October 13th. And I think that Bigger staff mentioned Barack Obama as a guest that he would love to have on sometime eventually. But um, we'll start with, with you, Dan. I just kind of found out about this within the last couple of days now, but it's just another one of those things with building culture and just kind of trying to, you know, make more well-rounded people. And I really, really like that J.B. Bickerstaff is kind of trying to establish that culture. Yeah, you, you really... Um or spot on there. It just kind of shows how um, Bickerstaff, who seems to have a really good relationship with the guys, um, Kevin Love seems to be a big fan of his. Um, and it just shows how he's uh, – it's for him, it's not about all, all of it's not X's and O's and, and on-floor stuff. It's, it's bettering – the guys is on and off the floor, um, which obviously John Beeline was not, not that he wanted them to be bad people off the floor. I'm not saying that, but it just shows that it's bigger staff is all in 
on and off the floor. He's he's a leader of men and this um, sort of thing kind of just allows guys to have personal growth growth off the floor and be well-rounded individuals um, as well. Yeah, I mean, you talk about, you know, John Beeline. It's not just that John Beeline might not do something like this. It's that I don't know who else is doing something like this. It really just seems like, you know, J.B. Bickerstaff has kind of been around a little bit as a coach, so mostly it's an interim job. But it really, really feels like, you know, as we progress forward, like this job really could be his for a while. Like he could really be Cleveland's coach moving forward. Just with the relationships that he's building with his players and the deep connections that he's making – Amadou, what do you really any any thoughts about this in general? Um, you know, how do you, how are you kind of feeling about JB after this? I feel great. I'm loving it from JB. You know, he's really in tune with his players, and he wants them to succeed. I love the culture that he's trying to bring here in Cleveland. You guys really, you know, hit it on the nail, the nail, uh, the nail in the coffin. Personally, for me, what I'm looking at is that I love that the athletes that he's bringing in. They've all champions, all champions. Shanti Billups, Jason Terry, Richard Jefferson, Michael Strahan. Talking about maturity, all these players have had to make sacrifices in their lives to, you know, better themselves as players and to win a championship for their teams. I just love it. I, I really do. I found it interesting that they're going to have Steve Harvey talking to him. I didn't realize that Steve Harvey was actually a Cavs fan. So, yeah, I I learned something new from that. But uh, JB, you know, in a quote about it said, you know, we don't want our guys to be singularly focused. We want them to be prepared. For everything coming at them, it was like, how can we help them become better adults and not just basketball players? So, again, just a lot of good news has been coming. And obviously, JB has been you know very outspoken about the social justice issues that have been happening over this kind of off period for the Cavs. He's speaking at this Team Up for a Change virtual summit. So just more and more and more stuff for JB to really, really kind of you know, establish himself and really kind of take root in this city. So loving it from him. We're going to move on to a hypothetical trade that was um, Dan wrote about on King James Gospel. It was uh, proposed from, it was proposed from a Spurs website, wasn't it, Dan? Yeah, it was from Dylan Carter of um, Air Alamo, which is basically fan-sided's Spurs main site. Okay, so the trade is for Kevin Love, the Cavaliers would return and get Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, a 2020 second rounder. Um, Dan, since you kind of wrote about it, we'll start with you. Just kind of initial reactions to that trade. Well, I, I'm not. I didn't really take it. I mean, it's not that I didn't take it seriously. It just kind of. I, I just thought it was relevant to kind of give my take on because it kind of just shows how. Uh, outside of Cleveland, it just seems that Kevin Love, the value for him is just not that I'm saying that the Cavs would, I don't think there's any way in hell they would take that. Um, but it just shows how Cat Love's kind of trade value at this point is, is just not probably what the Cavs want. And that honestly, I think he's going to stick around longer than people think just because he still has to kind of next year, I think still kind of solidify his trade value. And um, it's just mainly the part of the deal that kind of 
what Dylan was going for was how both of those pieces, Mills and Gay, are set to be expiring deals like next year. Um, and then if 22 uh, or 2020 um, second rounder is, is kind of just like a throw in slash project guy, you would think. And again, I just, it just shows that um, love has the value for him is, is just not what it used to be. Um, you would think, and it, it's just, uh, that's why I think love is, is frankly going to be around next year as well. And just mainly because teams based on the pandemic and how the cap could be affected. Um, I, I just think that the Cavs are going to probably hold on to love longer than many think. Yeah. The appeal of doing a trade like this is obviously past this season. Both Patty Mills and Rudy Gay are set to be expiring contracts. Mills is making 13.3, I think, two or three. And Gay is making 14. And the Cavaliers can also say that they got an asset in that second-round pick, which is more than we were looking at last season. Again, teams were asking for picks. Um, We'll kind of get into what San Antonio would think about this in a minute. But, Amadou, any initial thoughts about this trade? I mean, personally, I'm just at the point where I feel like a salary dump for Love just doesn't really make sense for the Cavaliers. I feel like Love brings spacing. He's another scorer, you know, off of Sexton or Garland. He takes the offensive pressure off them. And it seems like he's kind of built a bond with these young guys. And obviously with Colin Sexton, you know, those two, you know, they're like running mates at this point. Um, and I feel like Kevin Love's just kind of here to stay, just as Dan said. Uh, his contract, I feel like, is too big to trade. And what's the point of a salary dump for the Cavaliers? I, we're not a free agent attraction, you know, currently. And even if we were, I mean, with the way the roster is constructed, I don't see us making a big move to try and go out there and sign a guy like a Kawhi who may be a free agent next season. Overall, it just doesn't make sense for the Cavaliers, even personally for the Spurs, too, because a front court of uh, Love and Aldridge just does not sound fun personally defensively it's nothing offensively yeah you know you get two guys who are about 17 and 10 guys so i think you know there's potential there but defensively it's just it's it's a log jam i feel like that'll be created that just won't be fun well Amadou, you're telling me that you don't think the Cavs are going to be in the running for Giannis next summer <laughs> no i do not believe they'll be in the running for Giannis next summer all right well that was another point that i kind of want to touch on with the spurs is I don't think they're giving up a ton, but when you look at the Cavs, you're right, because the Cavaliers aren't going to be a super big free agent destination, even with the names on the market next offseason. Again, obviously having financial flexibility is a good thing, but I don't think... I think Kevin just has more value in Cleveland than he would in another place, just because, again, like you were mentioning, he just kind of seems to be a mentor here. This kind of just seems to be... The, you know, this is just kind of... This is his team. He looks... You know, after this bubble, like, he's looking pretty locked in. Um, and he could play well, and he could potentially boost his trade value next season. We're just going to have to see. But if you're San Antonio, you know, we'll see what happens with DeMar DeRozan. But DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Kevin Love on the same team would be a nightmare. And I'm not really sure... I don't know, I thought this was just kind of an interesting trade to look at, but... Good lord, that team would be a mess to watch 
on defense and even on offense. You know, you have three guys who, you know, LaMarcus and Kevin both like to kind of operate in that mid-post area. Obviously, that's where DeMar likes to get to. Um, Would this team – would Kevin Love make the Spurs even a playoff contender, Dan, do you think? Yeah, I I think what the key is here is just that – Last last year was kind of I mean was an anomaly really um, because I, I can't remember how many years in a row the Spurs made the playoffs but it, it was a lot and just for them they've never really been a team that's really gone in the tank they've always kind of had the um, they've always been a really competitive squad and just from a culture standpoint pop. Has always been that type, and RC Buford never is. They've really never gone like through. A, it's been a reload, not exactly, not really a rebuild. And I just think for them, it's I can understand like them being interested in love, just because defensively, I'm not really sure if they're going to be all that fantastic next year. Anyway, um, they're going to be kind of probably like a bottom tier or bottom ten in that realm defense anyhow. And I just think for them, it kind of allows them to, yeah, I think they'd be a playoff contender for sure. Um, just kind of allows them to kind of get max spacing. Um, and I just think love with the things that the Spurs can do off the ball, um, how they've been able to get shooters open for years. Uh, I think, Love would be an intriguing fit, and he's such a good passer um, that, yeah, the defensive questions are there. That would be a problem. But in today's league, there aren't many really teams honestly winning with defense anyhow. And I just think the way Pop is, he could be able to figure things out, mix mix lineups in there. And I, I just think Love would be a, a guy that would be an intriguing fit there. But um, I, I, the counter that I kind of had to it that I, I'm not sure, I, I don't know, know why, or I don't know if the Spurs would consider this, um, or the Cavs, but I, I thought instead of Mills with Gay in that 2022, um, I, I just kind of threw out there De- DeJounte Murray as maybe a guy that would maybe intrigue the Cavs more. Um, I, I understand he's not. Not really. There's shooting questions still. He's not a floor spacer. Um, but I just thought maybe that'd be more intriguing from the Cavs standpoint. Um, just the guy, honestly, is a really high-level defender. Um, he's really young. I think he's 23 um, still. And he, he had the one injury, but he seems to have re- rebounded from that. And I just thought Patty Mills, like that addition – as Amadou touched on, what is a, a dump really going to do for us? That was this was kind of my counter to just a dump. Um, as Murray could be a guy that could be a, a high level defender um, against guards and could be an intriguing fit. Um, kind of his ability to play the one and or two um, a little bit with that could be kind of a, a guy moving forward that you can look at. I definitely like Devontae Murray. I think he would fit in well with his team, even with the current guard situation. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavaliers Central with Justin Matcham. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, 
Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and our other three team-focused NBA pods, Grizz and Grind, Knuck a Few Buck, and the 305 Culture Miami Heat Podcast. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. That was one thing I kind of wanted to ask you about, Dan, when you were mentioning DeJounte Murray. Um, Is that kind of what it would take, a player of that caliber, to maybe start, you know, thinking about the idea of moving on from Kevin? Because really, I don't know if you could get, you know, both DeJounte and that second rounder. At that point, I think you might have to start giving assets to San Antonio to try and pry away DeJounte. But is that kind of, and I'm not saying, you know, this is a deal that you have to make, but is that the kind of player that you're kind of looking for before you really start considering moving on? Well, again, I, I, I'm not saying that 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 was a possibility really, but I just thought, um, again, as, as Amadou hit on, the Cavs are not going to be a a real free agency player next year. You wouldn't think anyway, but I just looking at the reason my thought process there was kind of just looking at potential kind of like hypothetical trades that um, I I can't remember the exact deal, but Evan Damrell um, kind of alluded to maybe the Cavs being able to get a guy like um, Kelly Oubre from Phoenix. And I just thought, honestly, DeJounte and, and, um, was kind of in that realm of guy, kind of on an upward trajectory, young, um, a good athlete, can can play somewhat multiple positions on it, can guard multiple positions, definitely. And I just think for the Cavs, you, you don't want to just give Kevin away. I mean, I understand that's kind of a um, prolonged kind of outlook with him, but um, just with all he brings on and off the floor, especially because Tristan Thompson might not be back next year, um, from a leadership standpoint, I think that's I, I. I just again, I as Amadou hit on I, giving away love for a dump, just or dumping love, just doesn't seem feasible for the Cavs because he just brings so much for them um, on and off the floor, and especially the Cavs. It seems like specifically he he really seems locked in now, and um, that that's just kind of why I was going where I was going with that. And the Cavs need to really get something back for him. I, I, I really do think that they don't need – they probably won't have to give assets away. I, I think he'll have a good year next year and kind of solidify his value. So That's definitely a possibility. I would, obviously, you were talking kind of about, you know, not wanting to give Kevin away on a salary dump. Is a player like DeJounte, would that get you thinking about maybe possibly trading him? You know, what – what is the level of value that you need to reach in return to start consider bringing Kevin back or, or giving Kevin away? Um, personally, Desante is interesting. Again, he can't play that point guard and shooting guard position. But what would his role be on the Cavaliers? Um, I feel like the Cavs are potentially looking at running the Sexland duo, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, back for maybe at least half a season. So if this was maybe a midseason slash trade deadline deal. Yeah, that's something that I definitely look into doing, potentially. Uh, just not right now. But Dejounte again, I don't know. That just brings another guard to the table, who is going to need a shot to, you know, is going to want to 
have a place in this offense. I feel like if you're trading Kevin Love, just for me personally, I would want a wing or a big in return for Kevin Love, specifically a power forward to you know, replace him. Just, But, you know, the thing is also how many power forwards are out there that can give you what Kevin Love gives you that are younger and are on the block. It's, it's just, you know, it's yeah, just not any at all. That's kind of why, you know, it just seems like I, I don't expect Kevin Love to get traded this offseason. That just seems like it's completely out the window. I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't traded at all next season, even at the deadline. I guess if you're looking at people like that, Julius Randle might be the closest thing to fitting that description. And I don't think you're going to trade Kevin Love for Julius Randle. Yeah, I just I hope to God they don't look at Julius <laughs> yeah. Randle. I mean that that guy is just not a winning player, and and that would set your rebuild back. I just like those proposed trades with Julius Randle for the Cavs. Not a I, fan. It just makes zero sense. I, I really don't get that. Yeah, I mean honestly, defensively, he's worse than Kevin. Yeah, like yeah. He's uh, like he's athletic, yeah, but he he's not switchable. He guards fours. He's in, can't really guard fives, honestly, because he's not really a rim protector. And the effort defensively just is just wait, just you never know with him night to night. And yeah, I, especially I, on I a team like the Cavs that yeah oh, are yeah. not going to be in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And honestly, Kevin Love, I, I get that he's limited, but from a like again, from a team defensive standpoint, he's actually a lot better than people realize. And I yeah. And with a guy like Bickerstaff in there who actually knows what he's doing from a defensive standpoint, uh I I think they'll get more out of him than people think. So yeah. Amadou really hit it there. It just the lack of fours really kind of plays into the lack of likely Kevin Love deal this year, too. But like you said, um, Kelly Oubre, I, that's something that I would do. If a Kevin Love or Kelly Oubre trade come up, I would potentially do that one. But besides that, I just don't really If that could anything. materialize somehow, yeah. Again, and I don't know what other pieces are going to have to be involved for Phoenix to make the salary work there. But that's if you could get a player of that caliber, I think you'd do it in a heartbeat. But yeah, talking about somebody, talking about somebody like Dejounte, just you know the possibility of bringing in another young guard, especially one that's maybe defensive minded. Uh, we saw reports. I think it was was it in Fedor's article is Hey Chris, where he was talking about how the Cavaliers aren't a hundred percent. I don't know what the word was, but like invested or committed. I think it was committed. They aren't a hundred percent committed to the Garland sex and backcourt yet. So. You never know. We might see, you know, a move for another defensive guard if one of them, you know, is slightly underwhelming to start the season because obviously that's not a pairing that traditionally works out. So, um, you know, we haven't talked about it all in this is Rudy Gay. Neither of you like Rudy Gay in this deal? Go ahead, Abadou. I just, what I don't know what Rudy Gay would bring to the Cavaliers. I mean, he, he's, he was what up? I think he was like a 15-point-per-game scorer last season. So, I mean, that's great. But I feel like if you make a move like that, Rudy Gay is just someone who can, you know, be attractive to another team. So, if you're doing a trade like this, you know, after, you know, of course, there's like a certain time period that you have when you trade a player until you can trade them again. I just feel like that's just something you do with Rudy Gay. You know, after that little deadline thing comes, you trade him to a contender, like a, like a Marcus Morris type of trade for like a 
low round pick or a potential project player that the contenders just aren't looking to, you know, really have on the team for long. But besides that, I mean, Rudy Gay doesn't really excite me for the Cavaliers. He seems like a classic, like, if you're talking about, you know, trading him if you're the Cavs, he seems like one of those classic two second rounders in return type of guy. Yeah, but, um, I don't know. If, I don't know if you're getting two twos for for Rudy right now. You don't think? Uh, I, I like Rudy too, but I, I guess really, he's, he, he's a he'll good be another year older mid post score. But yeah, he's getting up there, and he's a smart defender. But I, I just yeah, that that'd be like an Alec Burks situation, and I, I don't uh, Alec Burks at the time probably had more value. So. Uh, uh, maybe you could get two twos for him, but that's again. This is just seemed unrealistic, and I like Rudy but it, yeah, for the Cavs, I mean, it, it just it, that would take minutes away from Larry Nance, I would think, and that's not something that would be advisable, really. In this scenario, though, you're taking out Kevin Love, so I'm thinking. You have kind of an option between starting Rudy Gay or Larry Nance at that point. Maybe you pro- you probably go with Nance and bring Gay off the bench just as kind of a combo forward. Or yeah, but, that's that's fair. I, I just I don't I wouldn't really like I like Nance kind of as that early bench guy that eventually plays starting minutes anyway. And the problem with the Gay, he's at this point in his career is not really a three and. It's just I, I wouldn't be comfortable starting Regan. I just I don't see him as a starter anymore, e- even on the Cavs, just because he's a guy that need he does need a lot of touches, and he's not going to do. He's not really much of a playmaker is the problem. Whereas no, he's less, not. So. He's not. But it, this this was just kind of food for thought, and I, I just I thought it was interesting to see what somebody outside of the. Cavs, I guess, Twitterverse, if you will, kind of thought as far as Love's maybe potential value. So, yeah, I just, that's kind of what I kind of wanted to showcase, I guess, is just that kind of gap between, you know, what, how, how Cleveland views Kevin Love versus how everybody else does. Because, again, I just think the leadership aspect of it is just something that is more valuable in Cleveland than it is elsewhere. And, I just again, I, I don't think that there's any chance that Kevin Love gets traded this offseason. and I think there's a very low chance unless things really just go south, you know, however many games in the next season that he gets traded then. So um, we'll move on here. We got one more thing to talk about here before we get out. Um, Matthew Dolvadova, the NBL, I think Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Amador, you just brought this to my attention before we started recording. They have interest. I know that they have interest in bringing in like a marquee player, Matthew Delvadova, seemingly being kind of at the top of that list. Um, so that's a possibility that we can see for Matthew Delvadova now. Is there's a chance that maybe he leaves the NBA and leaves the Cavs to go there? Um, I'm not sure how much of a possibility that it really is, but it seems like there's a, a real chance. Um, do I know you kind of wanted to touch on in that situation what the Cavs would do with that kind of backup to third string point guard situation? Yeah. So, like you said, this is definitely a real uh, possibility of happening. I feel like this is something that we're starting to see more and more. 
you know, last free agency, um, it was Nikola Mirotic. He was Nikola a guy Mirotic. who was expected to get a big contract from a number of teams. And rather than signing here, he went uh, to Barcelona. I believe, is he from Barcelona too? I believe that's where he's from, correct? I'm going to have to fact check me on that. But he went there to become the face of their franchise. And he signed for an equal an equal uh, contract that he would have gotten in the NBA. Marcus Saul, I believe too, recently he said that he was looking to go back to Spain. I mean... I think for, he's already over there. He's already over there. Okay. Well, that makes sense. for. But for Del Vadova, I mean, having a chance to go back home where you can be the face of a franchise and get equal or even more pay it just it seems very very likely but you know just talking about what would the Cavs do in a situation like that now you already have Donza Exum but I just don't know how long Exum will last on this team we could potentially see him uh, be a player that could be moved for maybe a salary dump I'm not too sure about that but again um if if the Knicks or somebody just come calling you know looking for a trade-up scenario they like Killian Hayes or they like Tyrese Halliburton. I think that's something the Cavs should look to do. You can get just a scenario. Like the Knicks have the eighth pick and the 27th pick from the Clippers. You do that, you know, with the eighth pick, I hope, you know, the Cavs will still look at a wing. You know, I expect Okoro to still be there. Um, but at 27th, that's where I'd look to, you know, go and get a backup point guard or someone to replace Matthew Devoldova. You know, it's uh, something I wrote about in an article, a player I wrote about in a few articles Malachi Flynn, he's definitely someone who interests me. You know, he's someone who, you know, scouts have said he's one of the best pick and roll players in the draft. Um, he has a great three point shot and he's about 22 now. So he's one of those older rookies where they don't have to just come in and it's going to take time for them to, you know, get accustomed to playing in NBA. And he's not a potential guy. He's someone who can come in and right away kind of give a positive impact to the Cavaliers. Another player that they could look at, maybe Emmanuel Quickly from Kentucky. And just lastly, uh, Leandro um, Balmero out of Barcelona. That's really one that intrigues me the most potentially because he is, what, I think he's 6'8". You know, he plays shooting guard and small forward, but he's someone, he initiates that offense at Barcelona. You know, he's the pick and roll initiator. Uh, he has amazing vision. He's super shifty. He's definitely someone who could turn into or we can groom him to be a point guard for this team. Now, of course, uh, Balmero, he signed up what I think was a three-year extension with uh, Barcelona, so he's probably more of a draft and stats type of player. But just three players that, you know, will be interesting for the Caps to get. And again, this Delhi situation is something that we'll know more and more of as, you know, time goes on and stuff. You know, the NBA season is set to kind of end, you know, within the next week or two or so. So we'll know more by then. Yeah, I think... Even from that perspective, I think even if Matthew Delvadova were to leave and go back and play in the NBL, having Dante Exum there, even if he's not a super high quality, I know, Dan, you're not a huge Exum lover. You don't like him as much as I do. But you could get somebody in that late to first, early second, late first, early second kind of range. And having a guy like Exum there allows you to bring you know, this late or late first, early second pick, if it's a point guard, that kind of allows you to bring him along slowly. So it's not going to be a super high pressure situation. Is there anybody else, Dan, that you like in that range? If Matthew Delvadova were to leave and there's just kind of looking for a third guard, whether that's in the draft or free agency or wherever. Um, I, I, this is going to sound kind of, I guess a little Big Ten homer like, but I, I really do like Cassius Winston if that's kind of the scenario you're going looking at. 
Um, he, he's a polished pull-up shooter. I, I mean, the shot motion is a little bit – it's a tad bit slow, but I just like the way he runs offense. Um, another one of those kind of older rookies. Um, defensively, he's a really heavy player. Not, not the most athletic guy, but um, I, I just – in that sense, I, I like him um, as kind of a deli replacement. Um, but I, this is, I mean, not, this is, again, kind of a, more of a backcourt guy. But um, I, I just think with his competitive, competitive, com- competitive level um, or comp- competition level, honestly, I really like Nate Hinton out of Houston. I think he's a high-level defender, um, can guard the one, two, and three. I think that's a guy you can kind of look at as if they – Acquire like via second round pick, pick purchase, but um, if you do kind of that Nets trade back, I, I just think if you're kind of looking at the long term, um, I, I think if he's there, I think if that's what you do, Jalen Smith is just a, a really hard guy to pass up, and that's a possibility that he could be there. Um, but again, I, I I'm not really huge on kind of adding another point guard in the draft really as much as a guy that could maybe be um, an energy kind of defensive guy. Cause honestly, to me, I think Hinton is kind of a guy that I look at is kind of like a Lou Dort type guy that honestly, I think we really missed out on last year um, for the Cavs. I think he would have been a really good second round pick purchase guy and, Hinton is is kind of one of those type defenders. I think he's maybe six five and a half, pretty sturdy, pretty built, um, just really tough player. Um, and, and the Cavs kind of need guys like that defensively if they don't go with a wing earlier on. So uh, again, I, I I'd rather the Cavs kind of just allow Kevin Porter to play the one a lot more um, and kind of take over that role more uh, because. Dante Exum, I just, I yeah, I, I'm kind of good know, on him. We know, and I'm not going to go into detail <laughs> there, but yeah, I, I, I like Cassius Winston and and Malachi Flynn is another one was that that that'd be a solid selection too, but we'll see. And just because the Cavs are kind of limited on roster spots again, yeah, th- this is most likely only in the scenario that Matthew Dahl would over where to leave. Right. And reading the tweet, it says, you know, that they will begin talks, the Jack Jumpers will begin talks with players like Matthew Delvadova this week, hoping to sign one as a marquee player for the season. So there's still a very good chance, it seems like, that Delvadova comes back. But this does open the door for him to leave, I think, kind of more so than before. So uh, any final thoughts about anything before we get out of here, either of you? No, I think we covered everything. Is is Delhi if he goes to the Jack Jumpers? Is that going to be like a Jackie Moon situation? Is he going to do like the halftime shows too? Or <laughs> I mean, I, I'm actually pretty he intrigued is, by that. He is the marquee player, so yeah, I, I don't know how much how, how marquee Delhi will be in any market, but I guess hey. that that could be the one place. <laughs> but, Australia uh, zone, you know. I mean. He's throwing lobs. Nobody can stop him. You know, maybe he finds that three-point stroke. You never know. You never know with Delhi. So yeah, I, I just feel like that destined to be like Delhi getting hurt right away. I don't know. Oh come on. <laughs> but 
I, I, who knows? Hey, you know, if, uh, Deli probably wouldn't be a standout player over there, but he'd be a good one. And again, somebody who's an NBA champion, who's just known around the world in the basketball world, kind of. So I guess it's just more of a, he's a popular player and, and an effective one in a league like that. Yeah, so, I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow would be probably at getting that Jack Jumpers jersey, so. Yeah, exactly. I guess for for that alone. Joe Burrow gets it. You know, he posts that on Twitter, then everybody else gets one. So, it's not a bad idea for them. It's just, again, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what Delhi wants to do, and I'm sure we'll figure that out within, you know, the coming weeks. But with that, we'll get out of here. Dan Amadou, as always, thanks so much for coming on. Everybody who listened, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed, subscribe, rate, review, all of that. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.